Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman, as a result of a promise. Now you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of the promise. Galatians 4, verse 22-23 and 28. Welcome to Canaan Bound Podcast, a podcast designed to offer Christian rest during life's journey. Canaan Bound Podcast features devotional segments by pastors serving in the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, along with church history, mission news, and music by various Christian artists who support our teaching. I'm Philip Wells, and this is episode number 88. We begin today with God's Word for You with Pastor Timothy Smith. God's Word for You, Job 30, verses 9 to 15. In the beginning of this chapter, Job complained that the wild young men, vagrants with no place to live and no responsibilities, men Job used to scorn, now scorn Job. In these verses, Job paints a more sinister pictures of, uh, picture of these vagabonds as they begin to attack him and the few rags that Job had left in his possession. It begins with a taunting song, verses 9 to 11. And now those young men mock me in song. I have become a byword among them. They detest me and keep their distance. They do not hesitate to spit in my face. Now that God has unstrung my bow and afflicted me, they throw off restraint in my presence. That last verse, verse 11, poses a little challenge. Uh, Readers or, or listeners who might be familiar with the New American Standard Bible, the NASB, will see that a possibility here is that God has loosened up his bow rather than Job's bow, as in the NIV and the Greek and Latin translations have it. The the word yether can either mean bowstring or the cord of a tent. Either meaning would work here, but the bowstring idea seems more in line with the verses that follow, and they're, uh, I'll call it military or martial tone, verses 12 to 15. On my right, the tribe attacks. They lay snares at my feet. They build their siege ramps against me. They break up my road. They succeed in destroying me. No one can help him, they say. They advance as through a gaping breach amid the ruins that they they come rolling in. Terror overwhelms me. My dignity is driven away as by wind. My safety vanishes like a cloud. This is a pretty vivid presentation of warfare on a small scale. The word tribe here, pirhach, doesn't occur anyplace else in the Bible. There is a similar word in Arabic, uh, farach, that means a despicable person or a person of low status. And in later Hebrew writings, that word is used of men who are too young for the priesthood. That They're called the parach. Uh, a word in Akkadian, also in the Ugaritic language, is chachachu. Try saying that three times fast. It means to spit or filth and can be used as a word of contempt for a group like those filthy men. Those, uh, they're, they're just spit those guys. Here the toned down translation tribe appears because the closest Hebrew root means brood or hatchlings. So tribe carries the sense, you know, without coloring the word too much. I don't know if that's necessarily Job's intention. First, this tribe attacks on Job's right. This might imply a tactical advantage since Job, probably holding a sword in his right hand, would be defending himself with his weapon rather than his shield. And now they assail his feet. Snares is only implied in the context. In the King James Version, they push away my feet. That's a more literal and gives the, uh, a translation. It gives the impression of the kind of tooth and nail fighting of hand-to-hand combat. The usual word for siege ramps, like in Jeremiah 32, is sololot, 
although other terms are used meaning some kind of road or path up to a city. But here, the phrase is archotheida. It means a path of calamity. The battle continues. Uh, the attacking band has wrecked Job's road, not a paved road, but a marked track for his camels and his herds, so that help would not be easily uh, able to find their way to Job's tents. The, the gaping breach suggests smashing through a wall, although Job might mean little more than a rip in his tent. The, the attackers are in. That's the point. Job's possessions or what is left of them are stolen. And as suddenly as it began, the battle is over. A cloud of dust is all the marauders leave behind. What just happened? Is Job remembering the attacks of the Chaldeans at the beginning of the book? Job wasn't present when that attack happened since a servant had to report it to him. Was it something that happened before his friends came? Was it, was it going on right now? Or is Job using this language poetically as a description of the assaults of his own friends? The point, as we'll see in, this, in the verses to come, is that Job has no one to turn to for help. There's just dust in the air. The attackers are gone. Whether this was an attack of words or swords, or worse, Job is still looking for help. Whatever troubles come our way, we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. And as the writer to the Hebrew asks, what can man do to me? Even when the Lord allows the devil to attack, we have the Lord on our side. When the devil tries to lay traps on the narrow path to heaven and and stabs his dagger into the fabric of our lives, we know that our help and defender is Jesus Christ who crushed the devil's power on the cross. The devil can stink up the house, but the Lord holds the deed. We belong to Jesus. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's word for you. And now a song by Cross to Glory, I Have Every Reason. I 
I'm loved by God Each and every day, Lord, you make things new Revealing you and your love for me Nothing can remove me from the love of God Not the powers below, nor any power above I am convinced that I shall more than conquer be Cause Jesus is my Savior and his eternity I have every reason to praise your name Now I feel shame I'm loved by God Each and every day, Lord, you make things new Revealing you and your love for me I feel free to praise your name Now I feel shame I'm loved by God Each and every day Lord you make things new Revealing you And your love for me Next we join Pastor Tom Barthel with the Canaan Bound Devotion Born Again born children of the promise. Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born in the ordinary way, but his son by the free woman was born as the result of a promise. Now you, brothers, like Isaac, are children of the promise. Galatians 4, verses 22 and 23 and 28. Abraham's first son, Ishmael, was born like any ordinary child to an ordinary woman named Hagar. No special miracle took place in this child's birth. The human solution gave Abraham his son, Ishmael. But this wasn't what God had promised. Abraham's second child, Isaac, was different. This was a birth which we would consider impossible. His father was 100 years old and his mother 90 years old. His birth occurred for one reason. He was born as a result of God's promise. Our new birth into God's family is very similar. We are not part of his family because of anything we have done, nor any human solution. The human solution does nothing to bring us into his family, and it leaves us outside of the promises of God. But we are members of God's family, his children. And it is only because of God and His promise to us fulfilled. His promise in Jesus is that we belong to Him, His dearly loved children. His promise in Jesus is that we will live with Him forever. We are His children because of His gracious giving of His own Son to save us, a promise kept and fulfilled. We are His children only by Christ, only through faith. We are children of the promise. Lord, let no human effort drive us away from your gospel message. Let your promise be our confidence and comfort. Let us hold to your promise in Christ Jesus, your Son, as the only reason for our new birth into your kingdom. Amen. Next up, Mark Falk shares freedom in Christ. 1 Peter 1, verses 1 and 2. Strangers. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect, 
strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by His blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. NIV 1984 People are strange when you're a stranger, thus sang the doors. I'm not a fan of the doors, that uh, godless rock group of the past. But as Christians, we may sympathize with this sentiment. Sometimes we really feel strange in this world. And often the world that does not know or care to get to know Christ looks at his children as if they have a nose growing out of their left ear. I was spending some time in this first letter of Peter. Uh, the people received this letter, that received this letter, live in what today is Turkey. They were part of the Roman Empire and the provinces that made up ancient Turkey. They were most certainly strange in their day, and they suffered for it. Persecution became very real to them, the loss of property and sometimes far worse. There are Christians today who still live in danger because they are such strangers to the world. That is not typically our problem as American Christians in this year 2014. Our problem is the feeling that we just don't fit the way the people of this world, in this country, in this age, think about things. It's not just an issue of morals. It goes far deeper. We are people under grace. People who have been led to see our sin. Not just our individual acts and thoughts, but the underlying problem of a nature that opposes God. And we have been led to see and trust our Savior from sin. By faith we have been sprinkled with the holy blood of Jesus, saving blood that, as John tells us, cleanses us from all sin. All this happens because of God's grace. This world is always looking to earn credit from God. We strange ones strive to give all credit to Christ because only Christ deserves credit. Even our faith is a gift planned by God's eternal foreknowledge. When Peter writes of God's sanctifying us, setting us apart to be holy, we know that this comes from God. We were chosen for this, chosen by grace undeserved love and kindness. Any holiness in me, God's saint, is God's work. Christians are the elect. In a world that for the most part hates God and all that is holy, God saw us, loved us, and chose us to obey Jesus. This is more than just following a set of laws and rules, though our obedience to God's laws may increase our strangeness exponentially. This is a submission to Jesus and all that he wants and wills and desires. His will for us is holy and good and perfect. By his blood he has given us forgiveness and guaranteed our place in heaven. It is therefore okay if we often feel strange in this place. In fact, it is dangerous if we do not see how badly we fit here. For everyone washed in the blood of the Lamb is a displaced citizen of heaven. There we will never be strangers. Here we will always be quite strange. We end our time this week with Koine's song, Lo, He Comes with Clouds Descending.
comes with clouds descending once for every sinner slain thousand thousand saints attending swell the triumph of his to episode 88 of Canaan Bound Podcast. This podcast was first shared in November of 2014. Visit Canaan Bound Podcast to learn how you can support the ministry of the Wells and of the artists featured on this show. Once again, my name is Philip Wells. It was a privilege to be your host for this episode. We encourage you to visit wells.net to 
find a Wells Ministry location near you. Thank you for listening.